Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton from Linksfield Shul, and this is the Fabringen that we have every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. Thank you for joining us on this day. The day in the Jewish calendar is perfect for Fabringen, although, to be honest, it's also, based on what's happened in the last few days, a very difficult time to Fabringen. But who said difficult isn't possible? So I want to start with, uh, first of all, paying tribute and dedicating the Fabringen today in memory of a dear student of mine, great human being, um, Ellie Kay, who was murdered by a terrorist on Sunday morning in the old city of Jerusalem. And this murder has roiled the community. It's hit us hard. We're a tight community, we're a small community. The Kay family has been part of the community for a very long time. And we send comfort and we send bracha to the, to the family in Israel, in South Africa, wherever they are that they may find comfort in the incredible legacy that Ellie left for them and left for all of us. And as was said at Ellie's funeral numerous times, Ellie wants to, he would want that his life be celebrated through life. So it's with that in mind that we go ahead with today's Fabringen. Today is the day of Fabringen's. In the Hasidic calendar, it's the 19th of Kislev, which for over 200 years, 223 years to be exact, this day has been a day of celebration, and over the last few decades, it's literally spread all over the world, and Yutes Kislev Farbrengens, the 19th of Kislev Farbrengens, are a standard in communities worldwide. In short, the history of the day is that Rabbi Shneur Zalman, the, the author of Tanya and the founder of the Chabad movement, was arrested um, based on testimony of fellow Jews who were not too pleased with his ideology and what he was doing, and they made a false accusation to the Russian government. He was arrested and released a few weeks later, and this day meant much more than just a day of release of prison. It was a turning point in which Rabbi Snow Zalman felt that he had vindication from heaven to go out and spread his teachings. And his ideas, which are laid out in the book of Tanya, but are laid out in many, many books besides that, have now evolved into close to a thousand books in Hebrew of original content um, of the Chabad Hasidut and has infiltrated into communities worldwide and therefore this day has meant much more than just a Chabad holiday. It's a day of celebrating Hasidut, the Hasidut way of life, the Hasidut ideology and so much more. So Yutas Kislev is a Fabrengen day and therefore even the songs that we'll be listening to on the show today are songs by Rabbi Shneir Zalman, beautiful melodies. We started with um, Kaylee Atta, and in just a few moments we'll be listening to Rabshner Zaman's most famous and most heart rendering song, and that is the song of four stanzas. 
It's sung by chuppahs all over the world and is a deeply emotive, a deeply meaningful song. The song, although it has no words, it talks to you. Um, and it shows a version of clarinet, which really brings out the beauty of this uh, melody. And then finally, we'll be listening to a song about releasing from prison, a release in positivity, at the end of the show. That's just the outline of the show. But what I want to do throughout the show is really try to unpack lessons that we could learn for our time from this great man, Rav Shnerzam Nabliyadi. Because let's be honest, we're all grasping for meaning. The word inspiration is so yesteryear, I can't even use the word anymore in that context. We need much more than inspiration. Inspiration expires very quickly. We're looking for meaning. In other words, we're not just looking for a nice quote, which is obviously nice. We're not just looking for a feel-good rah-rah-rah session, motivation session. We want clarity. We want meaning. We want to answer the fundamental question of what am I here to do? What's my calling? And that really sits at the heart of Rabbi Schneer Zaman's ideology. The famous story, which really gets the heart of his worldview, is the story of a fellow who shows up to Rabbi Schneer Zaman. And he tells him, listen, Rabbi, I used to be a very wealthy man, and while wealthy, I made multiple commitments of charity, and I support various family members, etc. And now my family, my family wealth, my wealth is gone. So he tells Rabbi Shneir I need money. I need money. I need the peace. I need the, to be able to continue doing what I'm doing. I need to be able to support my family. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Now, this guy wasn't a narcissist. You know, he came because he was broken. But ultimately, what he was asking for was what he needs. Now, Rabbi Shneir knew this fellow. He, you know, he was a student of his. And he knew that the student of his is capable of much more than just focusing on his needs. So he turns to him and says, I've heard all about what you need, but I have yet to hear what you are needed for. For what are you needed? In other words, add two letters, need to need it, and it's a very, very different a different word. Not only a different word, it's a different worldview. Now, because this Jew was a real was a real person, the story goes that he fainted on the spot because he realized the truth of what his teacher was telling him. Need, 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 need. What do you need it for? And at that moment, you know, the, once they woke him up from a faint, etc., he dedicated himself to realign. So he stayed around his teacher for the next few weeks or months until he felt like he's realigned and then came back to his rabbi and the rabbi told him, don't worry, you'll get all your wealth back, all the blessings. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is need versus needed. In our time, we are getting so many of our needs seem to be taken away from us. You know, needs for travel or needs for just peace and not chaos and not bad news. We have a lot of needs that we have that we that we, well, that we really need, or at least that we think we need. And at all times, but especially at a time that is so challenging, 
removing our focus from what we need to what we need it for is life-saving. It's, it, it's, it's that stark. It's that much at stake. To not focus what I need, but ask myself, what am I needed for? Because at the heart of self-worth is not asking what can the world give me, but what can I give the world? In other words, and not in this ultra, you're not going to change the world thing. What am I needed for? Who needs me? Is it my child? Is it my spouse? Is it my sibling? Is it myself? But like, in other words, is there something beyond my ego that's calling upon me and saying, do something? Because the moment a person feels needed is the moment that their life is realigned, even in difficult times. But when a person is constantly focusing on their lack, the things they want and need are not there, it leads to no happiness. So the first message that we still need to unpack is this idea of need versus needed. But in order to unpack this, I believe that there's no greater way to really open our minds to a powerful idea than a great nigun, a great melody. And this nigun, which is considered a holy melody, it's it's literally a song that's only sung at solemn, not solemn, at serious times. Um, And today being Yotas Kislev is one such time. The song of Dalit Barot, four stanzas, and as you're listening to it, I encourage you to actually ask yourself, what is this song telling me? Because it's definitely telling a story. This is the four stanzas, Dalit Bavot, on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM, and my name is Rabbi Levi Avton, and we are here on this day of Fabringen. And the 19th of Kislev, and as mentioned, we're dedicating it in order of, in the memory of L.E.K., less memory, may Hashem avenge his death. And we're talking about messages that Rabbi Shneir Zaman told us that can really be of huge consequence in offering us strength and meaning during a very, very difficult time. And we're going through a difficult time. More than the reality out there is a difficult headspace. Um, so much, so much mental, emotional pain out there. And although it's not nice to talk about, um, you know, this darkness that, that people living with, I can't not talk about it. There's been, unfortunately, quite a few suicides in the last few weeks and months here in the community. And that's just the extreme of what is, unfortunately, a rampant case of mental health issues. And, you know, we need to talk about it, and we need to engage. And just like there was an advert recently, a few minutes ago, about reaching out to the Haifa hotline, it's important. And no, I'm not a mental health professional, and that's not what the show's about. But on the other hand, I do believe that our mental health can at times be helped with, you know, healthy ideas. There are certain conditions that obviously are beyond ideas, but there are many, you know, many moments of anxiety or depression, etc., that if we can talk to ourselves with clarity, it can help us walk out of the fog and actually live with a little more clarity. 
And that's why we're sharing these ideas. The first idea we shared is don't focus on what you need, focus on what your need is for. Especially in hard times. The more you focus on the needs that aren't met, the, the more you just cave in on yourself. You literally close yourself into a little ball. Versus when you expand yourself, when you drag yourself, when you take yourself out there and you ask yourself, what is Hashem asking of me? What's God asking of me? What does He need of me? It's at that moment that we are redeemed. It's at that moment, that mental shift, that one second paradigm shift that literally focuses. And I know for myself, you know, you're having a day where you're broken. You know, life is challenging and you're going through moments. And the moment you remember that I'm needed somewhere, I'm needed for somebody, it makes that mind shift so much easier. Because when you just tell yourself, come on, lady, get out of bed, you could do this, you could do this, it sounds nice, but sometimes the bed or what the bed symbolizes, you know, this like, I just want to be lethargic, I just want to be heavy, I just want to go to sleep, is much more appealing than saying, come on, lady, you could do this. But often, but, but if we could change the message, instead of, yes, you can do this to Somebody needs you right now. Somebody needs you. And we know this from people, you know, who who retire and often don't find that calling, don't find the next thing that it, it's soul-destroying because a person needs to be needed. It's fundamental. More than we need our needs, we need to be needed. We need to know we're adding value in somebody else. We're social creatures. We can't just be adding value in ourselves and feel satisfied. It doesn't work that way. No matter how introverted a person might think they are, they need to know that the world, or at least one person's world, is benefiting from their actions, from their being here. And when we change that narrative, instead of saying, you can do it, instead you tell yourself, one second, I'm needed somewhere. There is a hole in this universe that's waiting to be filled by me. There's a hole in somebody's heart. There's a hole in somebody's stomach. In other words, somebody needs food. Somebody needs something of me. And without a question, the needs of others are there more than ever. There's so many needs. So whether you could help them with your money or with your words or with your heart or anything else, the moment you're doing something, it pulls it out of you. And, and even in the world of sport, they've, you know, in the past few years, more and more you've seen people running, not just for the sake of running a marathon, they're running for a cause. So the, the running is much more than them just being fit or doing a personal challenge. It's, I'm helping this organization, I'm fundraising for the organization, etc. There's meaning behind what we do. And that transforms everything. Because the moment I'm doing something for another person, I, my, my low self-esteem gets raised. My insignificance starts fading. Because what do you mean? How could I tell myself I'm insignificant? I'm making value. And the best of all is you don't think about yourself at that time. You're doing for others. Because here's the irony. The more you think about yourself, the less of a sense of self you have. Obviously a person has to have a, a 
basic, decent amount of self-reflection. But when a person is just living in their own head and asking themselves about themselves, what I want, etc., it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't make you feel comfortable. But when you focus on other, when you focus on what am I needed for, it's at that moment of realignment that you're finally plugged in. Because that's what we're here to do. We are only here to serve our Creator. We're only here to serve a purpose. We weren't born just because biology dictates that babies are born. No. The reason why I was born and you were born and each and every one of us is born is because God chose in His infinite wisdom to put us here. If He didn't think we would add value, He wouldn't put us here. There's no such a thing as somebody who just came here by mistake. Because by God, there's no such a thing as unintentional. Everything's intentional. He's the all-knowing. He's everything. So what it just makes mistakes. Mistake means a moment of non-focus, a moment of unmindfulness. How can you say that about a creator? Now, we might tell ourselves, one second, really? Was I the thing that the world needs? And the answer is, yes. But not maybe, but maybe not in the way that we think of it. Most of us think of, you know, the world needs me as some massive transformative thing. I'm going to become an influencer. I'm going to become an impactor. I'm going to go change the world. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be influential. All these fancy words. But no. By God, big and small have a very different definition. And what could be small in my eyes could be great in God's eyes. As the Baal Shem Tov, who was the teacher of Rabbi Shneir Zaman's teacher, very close to him, you know, Rabbi Shneir Zaman considered himself a student of the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov says that we could be born for 70, 80 years. In other words, we could live a lifetime just to do one favor for another. In other words, God's whole intention of putting us here is for that one moment we're doing a favor. Now, what do you mean? I'm here to change the world. I'm here to make a difference. These are all fancy words, but they kind of are egocentric um, paradigm because what they're saying is if you're famous and you're impactful to many people, then you're impactful. But if you made an impact in one person's life, if there's one person who is enriched by your existence, is nothing? No, it's huge. It's huge. As the famous Talmud says about a certain, fellow, a certain great sage whose son passed away and then, you know, he kind of came back to life or he was in a coma or whatever. And his father tells him and says, tell me what you saw up there. What did you see in heaven? So he says, Dad, I saw an upside down world. I saw that the people who are in this world are at the top of the totem pole, the people who, you know, real high society, up there are on the bottom. And the people who are on the bottom over here are on top there. He's not saying that exclusively. In other words, there could be people on bottom and both or on top of both. But what he's saying is the way God defines importance the way God defines value is very different than the way we define value. And therefore, the message is any value you find that's beyond yourself is valuable. 
people will sit there saying, but what's my meaning in life? And they're often the, the ramifications is that, or what they're implying is, I haven't found that massive big deal. To which, Rabbi Shneri Zalman, to which Torah comes and tells us, for 70, 80 years, you can come down to do one favor for another. And in God's eyes, it's everything. This is 101.9, Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9, Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is Rabbi Levi Hudson from Linksfield Shul. And we are talking today about ideas that can hopefully enrich us, especially in the times that we live in, things that can help us realign, that can help us realign. So another idea that deeply resonates from Rabbi Shneur Zalman, and it's something that he focuses a lot in the Tanya, is for a person to know what they're capable of and what they're not capable of. In other words, very often our disappointment comes because we aim for unreasonable destinations. Give me an example. Person thinks, you know, I'm mature, I'm 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. By this time, I should be overcome temptation, I should be over, you know, certain weaknesses I have. I should, you know, I should move on in life. I can't believe, like, I must be a bad person if I'm still tempted in this way, if I still have impulses which aren't positive. One of the big themes of his book is God put us in here, this in this world, to struggle. Unless you were born a tzaddik, unless you were born a righteous person, you will battle every day of your life until the last day. The battles might change, but life is a battle. It's a battle within ourself. It's not a battle against somebody else. It's a battle within between two opposing energies. The animal within us that's focused on selfishness, focused on what I want, focused on impulse, just like animals are. Animals are impulsive. That's what makes them cute, and that's what makes them, you know, what what an animal is. Animals emotion, an impulse. And there's the godly soul, the, the, the spark of humanity, which tells us that you don't have to listen to impulse, or rather you can channel your impulse in a place that is positive and healthy. We can rewire that impulse to be something that adds value rather than destructive to you and the people around you. And this idea, especially now, is so important because celebrating small accomplishments, and I'm not talking only in a business setting, in other words, that's not really what the show is, I'm talking about small spiritual accomplishments, small accomplishments of overcoming character, is, is where Hashem finds Nachas. Just like we said earlier, that adding value to one person is enough in God's eyes. Obviously, if you could do two, do two. But whatever you do is valuable. So too, every act of character growth we go through is an incredible statement to Hashem. It's an incredible, it's a credible battle won. It's, it's something that we've overcome. So each and every one of us in this difficult time, we can sweat the small stuff. In other words, we can sit there saying, yes, today I allowed myself to feel a little joy. Today I allowed myself to not wallow in self-pity, but rather feel and, and, and spread out there positive energy. In other words, Hashem 
knows the battle he puts us in. And he also gives us the strength to overcome it. So yes, there might be, after tragedy and two years of COVID, there might be this like overwhelming energy of heaviness that sits there saying, I'm done. I just can't. Like, it's like, I, I, I can't inspire myself. I can't find meaning. I can't rise above all this pain. And the answer is, it's hard. It's really hard. But we have to, first of all, because that's what we're needed for. And also because that's what we need in ourselves. That's, you know, one of the biggest ramifications of COVID is not the death and the sickness it's brought. It's the moods, the headspace it's given us. A lot more strife within families, a lot more, you know, families falling apart, whether it's through divorce, children and parents, a lot of bringing out negative energies within us. And we all have negative energies. We're created an animal soul. We have things that are selfish and instinctive. In other words, things that are self-serving. We have anger and we have desire and we have stress and we have entitlement. We all fight with these things. We all have greed, some more than others, but we all have. These are all ingrained in the human condition. But when we lose clarity, or when we allow the heaviness of, of darkness, of, of negativity to overwhelm us, then these energies start flourishing. It's like these things grow in darkness. And when you bring light, when you bring light and optimism, these things lay low. They never go away, but they lay low. But when a person's in a negative, bitter space, they can be guaranteed that some of the worst or most self-destructive character traits within their personality will rise to the surface. As a colleague of Rabbi Shneur Zalman, Rabbi Arana Kalin used to say, depression, not depression, the conditions, like melancholy, okay, better word. Melancholy is not a sin. There's no mitzvah in the Torah, don't be down and sad. But what it can do, said Rabbi Aaron, what melancholy can do to you, the low it could take you to, no other sin can. In other words, it's the gateway drug. It's the opening to everything. Because the moment a person's down, the moment a person is cynical, the moment a person is negative, their motivation to fight, and this is something Rabbi Shneur discusses extensively in chapter 26 of time, the motivation to fight is weakened. If you go to a boxing ring and you're not motivated for the fight, even if you're stronger, you will not win. If I'm showing up to fight my temptations, to fight the impulses within me that threaten to engulf, if I'm showing from a place of lethargy and negativity and, oh, I just can't, like, you know, I can barely fight, then we don't stand a chance. And that's why it's more important, even than in good times, it's important in times like these, to keep our spirits high. Not from denial. We know nobody's in denial of the reality we're living in. It's true, it's there, it's in front of our face. But out of a conscious choice that I don't want to, I don't want to give in. I don't want to give up. I don't want to lose the battle which is the battle of life. 
And the only way to, to fight on, the only way to be the ultimate parent, spouse, child, sibling, employee, employer, human being, community member, the only way to do it in optimum is from a place of joy, a place of light. And Hanukkah is around the corner. By the time we have the next show, Hanukkah is already going to be here. Hanukkah starts Sunday night. And Hanukkah reminds us a little bit of light dispels a lot of darkness. Light is so powerful. The moment we choose an energy of light over an energy of darkness, the moment we focus outward rather than inward, the moment we grow outside of our feelings and impulses, it's at that moment when we take our head above water that we see that not only is the sun shining, but in many ways, brighter than ever. This is 101.9, Chayeva. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9, High FM. So here we are, just before we finish the show with a magnificent song, Padal Shalom, in honor of today, the 19th of Kislev. I want to wish you, in honor of the upcoming Hanukkah, Chag Sameach, time of light, positivity, meaning, clarity, and please God, better times, not only within ourselves, but in the world around us, times of health, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. And may we all merit very soon the end of this difficult time, which we believe, and it's part of our faith. It's a fundamental of our faith. We believe that the redemption is coming, that Mashiach, the righteous Redeemer, will come, lead us out of exile. Speedily in our days, have a great day. and